Hello and welcome to 13 Days of Halloween here at Mashley at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And I'm Garrett. And we are uh, here to talk about Scream 2, which uh, Garrett's going to tell us about. So Scream 2 takes place exactly one year after the first Scream movie. Uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, the way Boy Meets World and the way Saved by the Bell goes from high school to college. So uh, Sydney Prescott, the final girl from the first Scream, <clears throat> she, uh, she goes off to college, kind of war-wounded, but still really strong. And um, Courtney Cox, uh, who plays the reporter Gay Weathers, had written a book about the Woodsboro murders. Now, um, I should actually backtrack a little. Because this movie actually doesn't open up with them at all. It opens <laughs> up with Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett Smith. We could talk about, yeah. So you, let's go over the synopsis and we'll go back to <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. okay, so um, the, the main story here is them at college. Mm-hmm. And uh, much like the first screen movie, there is a very surprising, very violent opening scene. And it leads into this whole, oh, Sidney Prescott, is this happening again? And... Sure enough, through cunning reporting through Gail <laughs> and through some heroism of the boyfriend, Jerry O'Connor, and Sidney Prescott, uh, they're able to uncover some of it. However, as they're doing it, uh, college students are still dying at the hands of Ghostface, who they thought that they had killed in the first movie. But turns out someone is trying to repeat Woodsboro. And that is the synopsis of Scream. <laughs> Good job. Um, so yeah, so you know, the first Scream movie was kind of famous for um, being kind of self-aware that it was a horror movie. That the characters, the characters anyway, had seen horror movies and they they knew some of the the tropes and the cliches. And um, so there was a lot of humor mind for that reason. And in this one, it's kind of more the same. There's, there's still a lot of um, a fun poked at certain horror tropes. And we also get, because this is a sequel, we get um, jokes about sequels. Um, so again, this is a movie that's very self-aware. And there's a lot of, there's, a, there's some clever and, you know, witty scenes around um, that kind of, that conceit. And so I thought that the script was was very well done. Um, it's again, it's another kind of mystery. One thing I, I like about Scream is there's always this mystery of who the killer is. Um, I think they do a good job here, um, presenting you with a bunch of s- suspects. And you, so not only are you kind of, you know, scared throughout the movie because this killer is on the loose and. But you're always, always you're always questioning who is it. There's always that in the back of your mind. I just find I find the screen movies to be a lot of fun, and I like this one. It had been a long time since I'd seen it. I don't think I'd seen it since it came out. Um, but rewatching it again, um, I got a lot of pleasure out of it. Um, it wasn't quite as good as I remembered. I, I think um, I, I I can't quite. Put my finger on why, and I, I, you know, I didn't remember who the killer was or anything like that. So it was you did guess correctly. I did guess correctly, but I couldn't remember who it was. But um, but yeah, I had a good time. So I always have a love hate relationship with the Scream movies. Um, you know, if you were alive and of a certain age in 1996 when the first Scream came out, I mean this this series, the franchise does have a certain 
impact on you. I mean, Scream, the 1996 Scream, was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a cultural touchstone to people of a certain age, like ourselves. Um, Scream 2, you know, came out just a year later, although it's set two years later, which is kind of odd. But, um, you know, it, it is good. It is sort of got the whole whodunit factor, which I do like. Um, it's it's a well-produced movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my issues with the screen films, though, is they try to have their cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. They make fun of the genre, and particularly the slasher movie genre, and poke fun at it and everything, but then they do everything in the slasher movie genre. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, you know, um, it's kind of like... Um, because, you know, up until Scream came out, uh, horror movies had kind of lost, they'd lost their luster. They'd fallen out of favor. They weren't mm-hmm. as successful as they had been in the 70s and 80s. And uh, Scream revitalized that. But they did it in the way of like, you know, kind of like the unpopular kid. And I, hey, I say this as the unpopular kid from high school. Like mm-hmm. the unpopular kid who may be able to make people laugh. Like my thing was like I could do impressions. So I would, in order to like not have people like make fun of me or pick on me, I would like try to make people laugh and be like, see, I serve a purpose. I'm funny. I, I, I can make you laugh and, and therefore you see value in me, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's what Scream is. <laughs> Scream is like, okay, I know horror movies have kind of gotten bad and I know they're kind of dumb and stupid and everything, but, <laughs> but I'm really actually, I still am a horror movie and if I just make you laugh, maybe you won't like, maybe you'll like me and you won't see that I'm just doing the same things that every other slasher movie does. <laughs> if I, but if I point out that I'm doing it, then it's okay, right? Right, guys? You love me, right? That's what the Scream is to me. The whole Scream <laughs> franchise. Um, so there's that. There's also this thing with... with, with um, and particularly in this movie. like So this movie, you've got um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Neve Campbell, and Courtney Cox. So all three of them were starring in, in pretty popular TV shows at the time. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, for example. I think it's in two scenes, maybe. It felt like just two scenes. The second of which is where she's she's offed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought to myself, watching it, because it's been kind of like you, Ashley. It's been several years since I've seen this one. I thought, oh, she's going to have a bigger role. But no, she doesn't. And then I was like, oh, so she's just in this because she was popular at the time. And here's the thing about why this fails for me in this particular movie and some of the other screen movies suffer from this too, but this one in particular is so, you know, I'm a fan of like the late seventies, early to mid eighties slasher genre. And one of the things I like about them is they're just low budget, they're low budget earnestness. And, and the, and the actors in it, you know, maybe two or three of them went on to become something big. Like Kevin Bacon was in Friday the 13th in 1980. And he obviously went on to be, have a great career. But for the most part, these are just unknown jobbing actors and their earnestness comes through in those in those old slasher flicks, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who they are. And yeah, their characters are threadbare. <laughs> but gosh darn it, I feel like they imbue those, they imbue <laughs> those characters with some kind of earnestness that you know you, you you care something about them. Here, the characters are still threadbare, you know, the supporting characters are still threadbare, but what they're trying to do is get them by on the fact like, oh, there's somebody I know. And it's, and then they, and they, and then they go. And it's like, it, but so a lot of the earnestness is gone. It's just sort of these, 
glorified cameos and it just doesn't work as well. Like this movie, these screen movies are higher budget, like than their than their slasher predecessors. Much. Much higher budget. So you've lost the low budget chintzy um mm-hmm. quaint cutesiness of it. If that maybe if you want to call her movie cute. <laughs> um so Scream is just super glossy. All the screams. Scream 2. We're talking about Scream 2. It's super glossy. And you can tell it thinks a lot of itself. It's (laughs) trying to make you laugh so you don't look at it too hard, right? And judge it too hard. And it throws in all of these glorified cameos that are just there because they're people who you know. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's fine on a certain level. I mean, I, I was entertained for what it is. But it's a bit, It's it, it, compared to the heart that's in some earlier slasher flicks, it's kind of empty. Anyway, that's my thought. <laughs> okay, so let me premise that Matt is wrong in everything he just said. <laughs> uh, so... My first counterpoint to him is uh, with the self-awareness stuff. Like, so we're talking about Scream franchise here out of this movie. The the self-awareness in the Scream films and the tropes that they made fun of in itself created new horror movie tropes for a new generation of horror movies. Mm-hmm. And that I will give it credit for. But you started talking about like the like the names in that and or the the actors in this movie. And I started write I had to start <laughs> writing down all these actors because they just kept popping up and frankly I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, so yeah, when I, I started talking about the beginning, we can probably dive more into it a little bit later, but it starts off with Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Um I guess we should have known they were gonna be off it right at the beginning because that's what you know, they're just sequels recreate themselves, right? Um but then they have Tori Spelling who's playing Nev Campbell in the stab movie, which is like the screen movie version of this. Uh you have uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, which, I'm, okay, maybe Buffy took off. Buffy had been on for like five months when this movie, so I don't know how popular Sarah Michelle But <laughs> Joshua Jackson has a cameo in this, and this is before Dawson's Creek. Timothy Oliphant is now a, uh, you know, he's in Star Wars now. Uh, <laughs> Jerry <laughs> O'Connor. in Star Wars? He, he was in The Mandalorian. Was it what season two? Yeah, no, I didn't. Know. Oh, okay. uh, Jerry O'Connor playing the boyfriend, Laurie Metcalf, who's born in Carbondale, by the way. Uh, Portia D. Ross, way before Arrested Development, and then this is Luke Wilson's fifth IMDb credit. Like whoever whoever they did for casting, I'm certain you can pull that up on whatever IMDb page you're on. But they did a or probably the most famous actor in this movie was David Warner. <laughs> so first David Warner pop up. Yeah, right? Uh so uh I was I were, when these movies came out, I was I think I was in junior high. Um so I most definitely would have went and seen them. I would have uh liked them because I was a horror movie fan, but I don't think I truly appreciated like so you know, Wes Craven uh has directed some of our favorite horror movies. One of the things I didn't quite realize, he only directed the first Nightmare on Elm Street. He came back and did another... Yeah, uh, yeah. Wes Craven's new Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did every single one of these Scream movies. Like, this is his franchise, and you're talking about the big budgetness of it. You kind of think of this, and this might be way too grand of thinking of it. 
but it's almost kind of like Marvel. Uh, you know, superhero movies were, you know, they had gone through some rough, rough times. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel uh, started creating their own formula with these big, big, big budget projects. And I think Scream kind of had to make it that big and that glossy to get us to a point where we're not, oh, great, here's another crappy slasher movie. Now, to that credit, and I, I can't remember when we talked about this, but um, I don't find it. You're right. These movies are probably more funny than scary. And uh, so you, we almost might want to put this on, down in the comedy category, <laughs> little horror. But I just got to say, as far as sequels go, Scream 2... I don't. I can't say I'm going to put this above the first one because it's just so hard to beat uh, a movie that groundbreaking and that shattered so many uh, things that and created so many things that we know and love today. But I mean, as far as horror movie sequels go, I mean, this has got to be one of the gold standards. Like, we, we have to go through some pretty pretty bad horror movie sequels. This one is just I know it's long but it's nonstop fun I agree with you Garrett I think that this is a <laughs> a really good sequel as far as sequels go I don't think it's as good as the first one um, but um, it's still very enjoyable um, but I agree with you Matt I think the the secondary characters are, are woefully underdeveloped and they do kind of just rely on the recognition of the star um, and interestingly, it, those are the ones who get picked off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of a knock that I have against this movie, as far as the the suspense level goes. You have you have this trio. I'll call them a trio of main characters: Courtney Cox and it might have been four, maybe four. Yeah, but I'm thinking of Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Eve Campbell, and. I did not think for a second that any of them were going to be killed in this movie. Yeah. Even even when they try to fool you. Yeah. I did not think that they were dead and they were not dead. And so in the scenes and there are several scenes where these characters are in peril, it's like eh, I don't believe that mm-hmm. that this is really going to be yeah. happening. You can tell who the ones are they're going to be. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. Um so, you know, that's kind of a knock against the movie. But but I think those characters, those main characters, are actually really well acted and really well written. And I, I like them a lot. Yeah. You know, it's weird. So there's a secondary character, maybe almost even tertiary. Uh, he's, aside from Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett, he's like the, the African-American guy in it. Uh, the the uh, cameraman for Courtney Cox's character. His, his character bugged me a little bit. Um, because they didn't know what to do with him. Because every scene he was in was him being scared about the situation and pretty much quitting. And then, like, you know, a few scenes would go by, and then she'd be back, Courtney Cox would be back, and all of a sudden, here he is. And she's like, oh, you're still here? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm not left. I'm, I'm still well, doing it. I think it. they were... He was there as a prime suspect, I think. I guess, yeah. But it's just weird. Like, there was this really weird recycled plot of him being scared and, like, threatening to quit or quitting. And then the next scene he was in, <laughs> he'd be back. And I'm like, right. okay. Um, but, yeah, he was a red herring. He was, like, there to be, like, you know, maybe he's the 
They kill. I, here's the thing. I a thing I don't like about the screen movies is they get super silly um, <laughs> when it comes to the reveal. Yeah. I mean, it makes Scooby Doo look like Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm surprised once the reveal of, uh, scene is done, I'm, that there's any scenery left in the film <laughs> because those actors just chew it up and spit it out. <laughs> that's this movie. That's the original screen. That whatever. Um, I think it's kind of fun, though. It's part of the charm. It, it, is. it is. Yeah, I guess if we, we spent that long trying to figure out this mystery, they better explain every little part of it that <laughs> wouldn't have made sense if they didn't explain it and make sure that the main characters are alive <laughs> to hear it as they are explaining yes. it. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's, you know. I'll, okay, yeah, you're right. I, I want to throw in real quick, too. My, uh, my highlight of the movie is in the first scene when Omar Epps is complaining about paying $7.50 for a movie ticket. <laughs> I had to double check when this, when this came out. It was in 1997. And then I did an inflation calculator thing. And that would be like $12 and some change now. And I'm like, oh. Pretty man. close. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, last one we went so 10 bucks, right? Something like that, yeah. But it's just so quaint. It's just, you know. And I, this movie, I, one thing I did like about this movie, too, is that it's, it's a nice uh, 90s nostalgia trip. I mean, the look of it is just very late 90s. And some of the songs in it are... So I, I want to uh, build off of that because I think I've mentioned on this podcast where I'm a big fan of movies that are unapologetic of being of the time mm-hmm. of when they were. So I actually wrote down <laughs> every little thing that reminded me of being alive at that time. So when Jada Pinkett Smith is incredulous with the victim in the movie and she yells, Star 69 is ass. <laughs> <laughs> Nev Campbell's external caller ID. It was big technology at the time if you actually had a caller ID. Yeah, oh, yeah. When Jamie Kennedy turns around and sprays Banaka in his mouth. <laughs> uh, the, the, actually, uh, this should have been a giveaway for the killer was when he was walking around with the handheld camcorder recording everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Courtney Cox and her chunky highlights. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, when uh, Sarah Michelle Geller is watching on that giant tube TV that none of us have nowadays oh, yeah. um, or when she was on the phone and she's talking to her friend on the cordless phone and it doesn't work when she walks outside <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then Nev Campbell in one scene was wearing a velvet jacket you guys remember velvet? that was in in 97 yeah <laughs> It's interesting, you know, this is in an era where cell phone technology is present, but, you know, you're, you're totally fine. You know, it's funny. So nowadays when a movie is set, you know, or you have a... So nowadays a movie has to either explain why there is no cell phone available or they have to work around the fact that there's cell phone availability, or they have to like knock out the cell phone, right? Like put them in a place where there's no signal. Yeah, this was in the 1800s, no cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's interesting about Scream 2 in 1997 is, yeah, there were cell phones present, but it's totally, nobody expects you to have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. But so that kind of works in the movie's favor because when the plot requires it, like seriously, the the people dressing up as go fa- as Ghostface. I mean, they have cell phones. That's why they're yeah. able to make calls while they're stalking somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think I forget one of the characters. Is, Maybe it's Jamie Kennedy had a yeah, cell phone. has a cell phone. But then there's a lot of other times where, like you know, nobody does have a cell phone, and and no, you don't think anything of it in 1997. Um, yeah, like when they had to get to a landline to call 911. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's in, yeah because you go back to that time. I think my mom had a cell phone. And I remember being in the grocery store with her and it going off 
And like the entire store just turned and looked at her <laughs> because they were just so surprised someone had a phone that worked inside mm-hmm. the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. B B F D. No. Um, I just all I'll add is that, you know, um, it's weird. Like I I was I was uh uh, 22, I turned 22 the month this came out and uh, this I was looking back December 1997 was a, was a good year for movies a uh, good good month for movies because this came out and the Tomorrow Never Dies Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. James Bond movie came out which I think you know mixed opinion on that I think it's a good one and then Titanic at the end of that month so that was a good so you think you saw this and Titanic in the same month they came out the same month. But did you go, you think? Oh, I certainly saw Titanic. In, I in, know you saw Titanic. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I saw this at the theater. I don't know if I've seen any of the screen movies at the theater. Um, so I, I'm yeah. certain I did. Just as big of a horror movie I fan. I was probably in the fifth grade when the first one came out, but I'm certain I did. Yeah. Although I was thinking, because I was thinking to myself when I was rewatching it the other day that... Um, Seeing like this movie in the theater, like the opening scene of this movie in the theater, would have to be a really meta experience, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. um, which we didn't really. I don't know. We're going long, but talk about just the experience of that. It's a really, really great opening scene. It is. It is. Um, so yeah, um, what would you give this out of um, ten, Garrett? I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay, Ashley. I'll give it a seven point five. Okay. Um, I give it a 6.5. So our score is a 7.6. It's on the tomato meter. It has a certified fresh, 81% from critics, and a 57% from audiences. We're kind of right in the middle of both of them, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. right, about, uh, right in the middle. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, Scream 2. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.